Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the dude. Are you the type of person that's looking to build your liquor collection in your own home? Then go to Country Wine and Spirits Online Liquor Superstore. But check this out. They've also got a monthly vault membership. It's an exclusive offer. What does a monthly membership tips Country Wine and Spirits give you? Well, I'll tell you. You get free two to five business days ground shipping on all your orders over 50 bucks. Special offers, free mystery vault gifts in every shipment. And if you sign up right now, it's only $19.95 a month for the first three months. And if you sign up for this membership, you get 10% off site-wide on every purchase, including sale items. Plus, as a special with Hey Bartender podcast, you get the 10% off if you join the membership. But if you use Hey Bartender 5, you get 5% off your complete purchase. So you're getting 15% off your entire order if you sign up for the membership, plus use Hey Bartender 5 coupon at check out. So go to cwspirits.com, sign up for the membership, get 10% off your entire order, free shipping over $50. Plus, remember to use coupon code HEYBARTENDER5 for an extra 5% off. You can't beat that deal. Go to cwspirits.com. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast, people. I am your bartender for the evening. I am the dude. You can call me Anthony. That's completely fine with me. How's everybody doing tonight? You know, this I haven't sat down and just talked to you guys by myself for quite a while, so I figured it was about time. But before we get things started, let's start off with tonight's drink special. You know what? Back when I was a bartender back uh, a while ago, uh, I'm just going to say that. I'm getting older than I think I am. Uh, when it came to vodka, there was basically only maybe, I don't know, maybe two or three flavors. Basically that it was kind of right when the whole flavored vodka thing was trying to start up. Uh, absolute had, uh, like a raspberry vodka and a peppered, uh, vodka. And that was pretty much it. And I mean, when people ask for vodka, you got absolute Stoli's Smirnoff or well vodka, you know? Uh, But now there's so many damn flavors out there. It's actually getting on the shady side of ridiculous. But I deal in the ridiculous. So uh, today's drink special is going to be called the Cherry Vanilla Vodka Soda. Now, uh, how we're going to make this thing. It sounds pretty good. Maybe I'll do a TikTok on it a little bit later. If any of you noticed, I've been making drinks on TikTok lately. But how you make the uh, Cherry Vanilla Vodka Soda, you pour... You get yourself uh, your bucket glass, fill it up with ice, pour about a shot of vanilla vodka in there. Now, that's what it says in the instructions. You know, it all depends on you and your uh, uh, how you'd like to make your drinks. But if you're working behind the bar, let's stick to a shot here, people. We got pour costs. So a shot of vanilla vodka, if you have it available. 
pour you know a, a little bit of your maraschino cherry juice into the glass. That'll give give it some color and uh, maybe a little bit of flavor along with it. And then top that off with soda water. Uh, garnish it with a lime, garnish it with a maraschino cherry, and then you got yourself your very own vanilla, cherry vanilla vodka soda. If uh, you go ahead and give that drink a try, let me know what you think about it. All you have to do is contact me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com or on any of the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. All of those are at Hey Bartender Podcast. Now, a couple things happened to me in the uh, most recent. And, uh, you know, it's kind of been weighing on my mind a little bit. I just, uh, you know, all of a sudden had these washes of memories just burst upon me. And I, you know, just felt like talking about him a little bit. First and foremost, I went out to lunch uh, with uh, some people this last week. And I was sitting there. And as soon as I walked in, I sat down. And the waitress looked like that she was... Uh, her nerves are a little bit frazzled. Maybe, you know, maybe there was nothing wrong. Maybe there was. Who knows? We came in right after the lunch rush. So at this particular corporate restaurant, she her nerves are probably frazzled. I mean, the whole it was a pretty large dining room, and there was only two waitresses running the floor. That alone scares me a little bit because you got all, you know, you've got, I don't know, uh, if I had to estimate, there was probably 25, four tops. And then, uh, and you've got to cater to each sing, each one of them. So if you're splitting them evenly down the line with your uh, partner in crime on the floor, you've got 12 and a half and 12 and a half tables to take care of. That, that is stressful, you know, uh, uh, point, you know, cause that's a lot of people. That's a lot of tables you got to take care of. Not to mention, bring your own food out, bring out the drinks. Yeah, uh, these people didn't have food runners. One of the colleagues I was uh, uh, I sat next to when we were about to have lunch. It, this was around one o'clock, like I said, after the lunch rush. And the waitress said something to him, and he turned around and looked at me and kind of had this face like, "What the hell's wrong with her?" And I, I immediately. I stick up. That's why I made this podcast. I stick up for the people in the service industry. Immediately, I looked at him and I said, hey, 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 you're sitting with the dude. The Hey Par- Bartender Podcast dude. You do not disrespect the server. And he goes, oh, I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't doing anything. And I said, yeah, I mean, you know, she may look a little stressed out right now, but you don't know what happened to her. Maybe she had a hard lunch rush. Maybe her kid told her to fuck off this morning. It's really uh, weighing on her mind. You know, so, you know, chill. But, you know, some of the things that uh, happened while she was serving are, you know, mistakes, but easily forgivable. I mean, uh, some of the orders came out a little bit wrong. They were mostly appetizers anyway. The guys, I guess, weren't really that hungry, so they went for uh, finger food. And uh, they asked for specific flavors for each of their finger food, and a couple of them came out a little bit wrong. And But, you know, luckily... My other colleagues that were sitting there, uh, they mentioned, oh, uh, these this particular serving here is buy one, get one free. So I'll just pay for this, and you can bring me out uh, the other flavor. And she, uh, the waitress was like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. And then we started joking around with the waitress, and she actually started to smile. So that made me feel good uh, because, you know, there's nothing worse than a customer that's sitting there evil. You know, you're going to serve me right because I've had guaranteed had a worse day than you did. Because the copy machine broke. 
Then I come over here to enjoy myself and have a couple beers and play Golden Tea, but there's already somebody playing Golden Tea, so I can't play. This is the worst day of my life. That didn't happen at the uh, at the night when or the afternoon when we were at the restaurant, but I picture that happening. I've actually seen that happen a couple times. Ugh, people get obsessive compulsive over the pool table and the golden tea and the buck hunter. Yeah, but usually when I'm I'm at a restaurant, I kind of make mention that I'm. Uh, uh, I try to promote the podcast, gain more listeners, maybe get a new guest or two on the show because I'm always looking for guests to bring on the show. That's um, I have a lot of fun bringing guests on this show, but. Uh, I decided to keep my mouth shut this time because for some reason I got thoroughly embarrassed when the check came. Now this, uh, this meal was, uh, for us, this was because we're doing a good job on our site that we're working on right now. And, uh, so the company was, uh, flipping the bill for our lunch that day. It was, it doesn't happen very often, but it's cool when it does. But then I see my boss look at the check and carefully take out his cell phone and calculate 15% of the bill onto uh, onto the check. Okay, I got a little embarrassed by that. I've always, it's always been kind of a, a pet peeve when people try to uh, calculate exactly what 15% of their bill will be. Now, that all of a sudden came out to, you know, could these computer programs that uh you you know you have the touch screen and it says do you want to tip tip 10 15 or 20 percent and but back in the day before all uh, all you in sync listeners uh are uh, got these touch screen pads uh people would just tip you what they thought you were worth and but there were times it was hilarious to me where i had this girl come up to the bar order a coors light just a Coors Light. That's all it was. And I, uh, I said, okay, that'll be two and a quarter. She hands me a card. Okay. First of all, I'm annoyed because uh, I have to run a credit card for $2.25. But money's money. Do it, do with it as you please. When I give her the check for $2.25, she takes out a pocket calculator and starts calculating 15% of two and a quarter and tips me 33 cents. I don't remember that right offhand. I actually calculated it before I started recording this podcast. But to actually tip me 33 cents to make sure that she was only tipping 15%, which she figured was probably the maximum to be nice, whatever. Okay, I understand that uh, money's money. Even 33 cents can build up to something over time. But... uh, to actually calculate it in front of your bartender, I, for some reason I find that rude. A lot of you people out there might, uh, you know, say whatever, Anthony. You know, a tip is a tip, or it's you know, it's just how these people are. Uh, but for some reason, it always makes my damn stomach turn. Especially some of you people that uh, actually work uh, for uh, restaurants that pay uh, that pay proper wages. And don't accept tips. Uh, what was that uh, That dude from Spain that I got an email from a couple of years back? He was sitting there saying, I get a little livable wage and I don't expect tips. And I'm like, well, good for you. But here in America, that is part of our income when you work in the service industry. That is what pays the bills here, people. And I mean, you all agree with me that you know, sometimes you make enough in tips where you can pay all your bills and you can pretty much... 
put your paycheck in the bank and forget about it or use your paycheck to pay all the bills and uh, whatever you make in tips. That's your play money for the week. It all depends on who you are and what you do. Unfortunately, crying, uh, crying about that you don't make enough money does not pay the bills. Man, what a tender world that would be. But, and I mean, we all work hard and uh, we try to make the money we can at uh, doing whatever we do. Not all of us are able to uh, come right out of high school or come right out of college and get that uh, six-figure salary job. Sometimes you got to get the job. You may not get the job that you want, but you can get the job that you need. That is never a problem, especially in this day and age right now. There's job openings all over the place. And the people out there that choose to work in the service industry, hopefully that's most of the listeners that I have for this podcast, uh, the people that choose to work in the service industry, we can get a job anywhere, anytime, any place. Because you know, I mean, we can pick up right now, move to a different city, and we can find a job. Truth, it might not be our ideal location. Like, uh, say you're into heavy metal or house music, and the only job opening you could uh, that wanted to hire you right here and now was a country western bar. You can find that you can tolerate a little bit of country music for a little while until you find something better, right? I mean, sure, you go home every once in a while and you've got an earworm uh, in your head going, I got friends in low places. And and you're a little annoyed by it, but then you look in your your wallet or your uh, Crown Royal bag or whatever you use and see all the tips that you made that night. And you say, okay, I can tolerate a little bit more Travis Tritt every now and then. But the people that uh, work in accounting firms or law firms or uh, are, you know, that do have the, the job that they got their college degree for right away, boom, right out of college, or after they've done their internship or something like that. And they have the, like this tunnel vision, I will have this job uh, in uh, an office. I'll be wearing nice outfits every single day and, you know, have great medical benefits and all that stuff. Not every single one of them uh, get that job. Only the lucky few. And if they decide to, you know, all of a sudden one day, say they're working in New York, but then all of a sudden their family that lives in Oklahoma, uh, they need uh, help. They're in dire need of somebody uh, need you back to be uh, to help out the family. They can't just pick up and leave because there might, might not be that type of accounting job. A, a law firm might not be hiring at that point in time because they got a full staff. So what do they do? You know what I found out? Most of them sit and whine about it. Yes, I can't find a job out. Or they don't even move. They, they sit back and say, you know what, family? Fuck you. I, I can't move there because uh, my job uh, because of my job here. Family is important, people. And, you know, and it's unfortunate when people put their job in front of family. But the people of the service industry or the people that have been in the service industry all know I've done time in, uh, in the trenches. I know how to deal with people. I know how to talk to people. I can remember everybody's order at a 12 top without writing it down. I can easily go, uh, go back right 
right to work behind the bar or back on the sales or, or on uh, serving tables. I can go absolutely anywhere I want because that job is always in demand and there's always openings. I mean, truthfully, people, there was a little period of time where I did get a little bit of tunnel vision because I wanted to work at a certain type of bar. I didn't want to work uh, at your uh, hole in the wall where well, the only people that knew about the place were the people that lived within a five-mile radius. That scared me, especially when you, uh, you're you not part of that community that lives in that five-mile radius. Those people are basically scared of you because they don't know you. So you might lose a customer or two uh, for the restaurant for the first couple months. Uh, or the customer, you, ha- you have to spend a lot of time trying to win those customers over going, hey, I'm a nice person. I joke around a lot. You didn't like that particular joke. Okay, let's try a different joke. Please, wait, no, please don't leave. It's that kind of life for a little bit. It's like that bar I, I've talked about on a number of times. I got uh, released from a previous job because the owner wanted her boy toy to work behind the bar and uh, instead of me. Uh, so uh, I lost my job to him, but he only stuck around for another week because word got out that they were fooling around and she didn't want anybody to know and they basically broke up. And he uh, he left the bar, but uh, I I was sitting around for a good month doing close to nothing. I was I was searching for jobs when I had time, when I could, but uh, other things kept coming up. Like, hey hey, can you help me take care of this? Oh, since you're going to be home today, can you do that? And so I'm like, yeah, but I got to find time to search for a job. I went to as many places as possible that were that fit the type of atmosphere that I was looking for, but I was, you know, the places weren't hiring at that point in time. They already had a full staff or some places were like, uh, well, they were strip clubs, but, uh, they were like, we don't hire male bartenders, but if you want to be a bouncer or a bar back. And I was like, dude, I need a job. Give me something. Never got a call back from those uh, places, but I was always, yeah, I, I don't think my paychecks would have made it out of the bar, but, um, no, besides that, I, you know, no disrespect to anybody. Sorry about that. But, uh, my, even, you know, I was having a hard time with my unemployment checks, trying to put, keep gas in the car, not to mention make the car payments and things were starting to look pretty low. But fortunately my good friend, Shannon, she, I, she's been on the show. Uh, she got a call from an old friend of hers who said, Hey, we need a bartender for the night. Can you, uh, do you think you have time to come over and just fill in? And she goes, I don't, but my friend Anthony here, he can do it. He, he doesn't have a job right now and he's a good bartender. And so, uh, he's like, perfect. Yeah. Send him. And so I, uh, I went over there. I bartended, uh, at this extreme hole in the wall, mom and pop owned, uh, place. And there I'm. I didn't have many customers uh, throughout the night and I worked with a gorgeous blonde server, but I had a girlfriend at the time. All I could do is uh, admire her. But um, she uh, uh, she realized how slow things were going. And so she just says, you mind just taking over for the rest of the night? And I said, yeah, I got it. And she sat at the bar with her friends and she had uh, she had me make a couple drinks and she goes, wow, you're these are really good. You're, uh, you're a good bartender. And I, I just went, come on. Yeah. Duh. Cause even though that I was suffering from, uh, a little, little bit of depression and a little bit 
of, uh, yeah, you know, bad stuff. I still decided that I have to give the air that, yeah, come on. I'm a, I'm a confident bartender, but that was beyond it. Um, uh, and luckily after that, uh, working that one shift, he, uh, the guy that called Shannon, he said, Hey, we need a bartender over at other, our other location. Uh, you need a job. And I said, God, yes. And I, so he, after that shift, he took me over to the other location and I want, I should have noticed that it was a Saturday night and the only person in the bar at, uh, two in the morning was the bartender. I should have noticed that he wasn't busy trying to, uh, clean up glassware. He wasn't busy trying to get people to finish their drinks. All there was, was him. And so they had me fill out all the paperwork. They had me, he took me through the training process. Okay. This is what you do here. This is how you count that. And, uh, um, uh, so, uh, yeah, welcome to the team. And by the way, your shift starts at 7am and I, I went, what 7am who drinks at 7am? And they told me, oh, don't worry. All the night shift people come off, uh, uh, come out of work. You'll, uh, you'll have the poker room full. Uh, and yeah, you don't worry. You'll make money. <laughs> uh, plot twist. I never made money at that place. And like I said, it wasn't the job I wanted, but it was the job I needed because I needed a steady income. I made shit for tips in that place because the, t- the place was watched like a hawk. It had a reputation in that town for over-serving everybody. And so they had restrictions on them of no multi-liquor drinks. So all it was was just a, a shot in a mixer. That's it. That's the only drinks that I uh, could sell and no straight shots. But it was also the only bar that I've ever worked at that had Ham's beer in a can. That was unique. I mean, the business was so bad in that place. I, uh, majority of my shift, I was sitting at the bar, not behind it, at the bar watching Comedy Central, uh, waiting for the afternoon crowd to come in, That which was usually uh, around 1 or 2 p.m., and, uh, you know, a lot of people were just scared to go there because the cops were usually parked right across the street waiting for a drunk person to walk out of there. And uh, so I, uh, I made absolutely no money there. I mean, going from a job where I walked away with, oh, maybe two, $200 working between 9 and 1 to a job where I was fighting to make $20 working between seven and four. God, that hurt. It, it was awful. Plus working between, uh, working at 7am. I never got to see any of my friends cause they all worked at 5pm and I was usually tired and wanting to go to bed by nine. And so it was a huge life change, but you know, it's better than no job at all. That's what I kept telling myself every morning. Uh, when I woke up late, uh, and had to rush to work because I was going to be at least a half hour late. Uh, I would say it's not the ideal job, but it's, it'll do for now. Keep looking for something else. And dear God, was that hard to do? I mean, cause when you're working during the day that you can't really, uh, get around and go meet or network or anything like that. And yeah, you know, it became really difficult. I started begging my friends 
please, you know, that worked at other, uh, other bars or restaurants, please get me out of this shithole. It was no longer a hole in the wall. It was no longer a brick, brick and mortar owned, uh, owned by a mom and pop type of situation. It was a shithole. I spent majority of my time at that bar cleaning the bar. You know, I'm just all of a sudden I'm standing there. I realize there are no customers. You know, these margarita uh, glasses, they've got a layer of dust on them. All right, let's start there. So I start cleaning. You know, I pull all the glassware off the bar, run them through the dishwasher, wipe down with, uh, uh, you know, sanitizer, all the shelves, clean all the bottles, put all the glassware back. And there were some glassware that had been in the back of the freezer for so long, it had a three-quarter inch piece of ice on the outside of it. That's how long that, or how bad business was, because nobody ever had to reach to the back of the refrigerator where the pounder glasses were for the cold beer. So I'm spending all this time wiping everything down, cleaning everything off, wiping down all the tables, wiping down all the chairs, the booths, that never got used. Uh, I didn't. I didn't vacuum. Uh, I will admit that I did not vacuum because, according to what everybody told me, when the dishwasher came in early in the morning to open up the kitchen and all that stuff, he vacuumed the whole restaurant. But little did I know, while he was uh, vacuuming the whole restaurant, he was also stealing scratch tickets. That you know, real class act. And dear God, I hated working at that place. I mean, the owner was such an asshole. And, uh, you know, I remember one time, yes, I, I did deserve it. I was running late and he calls me up on my cell phone in front of the customers, which is a pet peeve of mine. If you ever, if there are any managers listening to this podcast, or if anybody that has, uh, goals of being a manager of a restaurant or bar, let me give you this piece of advice. Never, ever yell at your employee in front of the customers. It not only uh, berates the, uh, your employee, but it also uh, scares the customers. They, they, they'll sit back and say, I can't believe they would treat people like this. This is ridiculous. I'm never eating here again. Yes, it does happen. Don't, don't get a chip on your shoulder, some of you uh, restaurant owners. But I was running late that morning and because I still wasn't used to being at work by 7 a.m. And so I was about a half hour late and he's sitting there yelling at me on my cell phone and he's saying, my foot hurts. And eventually uh, he says, uh, I yelled into the phone, look, I'll be there when I get there. And he's fine. He hangs up the phone as hard as he can. Then he turns around and sees, sees me putting my cell phone in my pocket. And he goes, oh, you're here. Good. Then once again, as he walked back and waddled back into his office, like he was, I was saying, I got to get another job. And even the customers were uh, were just like, yeah, he's a bit of an asshole. And I said, a bit? What a prick. And they laughed at that. And uh, But luckily, because of friends, I was able to get out of there. You know, it took a little bit of patience. And, you know, it took a little bit of uh, losing myself a little bit before I was able. Uh, a friend of mine called me up and said, look, we're hiring at uh, at this bar. Uh, uh, we're hiring at this other bar. Please get over here as soon as you can to apply. And the whole application process was pretty much, uh, I don't know, just uh, formality because the owner knowed me, uh, the knowed me, knowed me, knew me, 
and the bartenders and servers knew me. Most of the customers knew me. It, it was basically a formality. And I was just like, finally, a place I can be comfortable and, you know, I know these people, I know what jokes I can tell them and what I, uh, what I can't, these people know that I have no idea what the hell, uh, football game happened yesterday or, or why that game was important. But the only thing I can take away from that little shithole that I used to work at is, was that it wasn't a job that I wanted, but it was the job I needed in order to keep myself afloat. Now I didn't have a huge amount of bills at that point in time. But uh, because I was still young, I was still living with my uh, parents, but I did have a car payment and I had a girlfriend that I wanted to keep happy. Uh, and so, you know, it was very little money. I was barely, uh, barely scraping by trying to pay off old credit card debts and stuff like that. But I did manage to wait it out, survive just for what was it like three, four months survive on uh, absolute minimum wage. Now, back then it was four and a quarter people. It's not, uh, you know, that was that was what the minimum wage in Oregon was back in, what was it, like 2002, 2003, I think. But, you know, just keeping my patience, having good friends, and, uh, you know, reminding myself every day that I... I don't have to work here if I don't want to. There is another job out there for me uh, in a better place. Uh, or, or, you know, it, it it's possible. Sometimes you have to do the shit in, or, uh, in order to get to a place where you're more comfortable. I'm not saying that going to the next place was my dream job because my dream job is to play the drums for the next uh, big rock and roll band, even though that doesn't exist anymore. But I'll complain about the uh, music industry some other time if I feel like it. But it, it was just something that I had to do in order to make ends meet. And did I learn anything from it? No. Uh, you know, I uh, watched a lot of reruns of Saturday Night Live. I already knew how to keep my bar clean and the presentation and all that stuff because seeing uh, uh, that much dust on margarita glasses, that was just flat disgusting. And I just, I was just like, oh my God, uh, this place has such shitty business that it, you, these, your pounder glasses can have a quarter of an inch of ice forming on them. Is this, this place sucks, but I don't have to stay here. I owe nothing to the owners. I owe nothing to the managers. I was more of the manager as the bartender. Uh, that was the first time where I realized that because I'd been working there for maybe a day or two, and all the, all of a sudden the servers are coming up to me going, hey, this customer wants this. Can we do this? And I'm like, how the fuck should I know? But just remember, people, sometimes you got to do shit before you can reach a place where you're more comfortable. And, uh, I mean, it it's hard on you. Uh, it can kill your self-esteem. It can uh, just absolutely ruin you. But just keep in mind that there's not one job out there that you owe anything to, absolutely nothing to, because you, uh, what you do for them, you come into work, they give you a paycheck. The, uh, I mean, you might have maybe a little, uh, little bit of uh, camaraderie with the owners or managers, but take it from this guy, 
my uh, I, my family was friends with a man, uh, the manager and owner of one of the bars that I worked at that I worked at for a year and a half. They fired me at the drop of a hat. So even working with uh, even working for friends, you don't owe them shit. You walk, you can walk away from them just as fast as they can walk away from you. And if you're a really good bartender, which I hope every single one of my listeners is, you know what? I'm confident that every single one of my listeners and uh, bartenders, servers, hosts, hostesses, you are all awesome people. Not only can uh, they walk away from you and you can walk away from them without batting an eye, but in the proper circumstances, you can also take some of the business with you. All you have to do is just make a little bit of announcement saying, hey, I'm over here now. And then the customers, if they like you, they'll follow you just because they like you. They're comfortable with you. Or they think they have a chance to date or have sex with you. I'm sure that happens. I, I've only heard stories. Okay, let's move on a little bit here, people. You know what? Something else I haven't done for a really long time, have a musical guest. And what better musical guest can I bring on the show other than Lar Hope and the Arctones? They have just released a new single that is now available on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. It's called Have a Heart. So here's Laura Hope in the Arctones with Have a Heart.
Once again, that was Laura Hope and the Arctones with their new single, Have a Heart. Uh, according to their website, the new single has been out for one week, now worldwide. Give it a listen on Spotify or download it at bandcamp.com and help raise money for reproductive rights organizations. Go to their website, laurahopeandtheartones.com, or go to bandcamp.com, download that song today. Okay, people, it is last call, last call for alcohol. Come on up to the bar, get yourself something nice before you head home, but remember, drink responsibly and get home safe. Big thanks to Laura Hope and the Arctones for the theme song, Dr. Bartender, that I use every single episode. And remember to download their music on Bandcamp.com, listen to it on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you download your stuff. And let me tell you, people, go visit Country Wine and Spirits. That's cwspirits.com. They have a huge selection of liquor to build up in your liquor collection. And, you know, there's some stuff in there that you just can't find anywhere else, like cocktail caviar, soda jerk. It might not be available in your area. Go check them out as soon as possible. Go to cwspirits.com. And if you use coupon code HEYBARTENDER5, you get 5% off your entire order, plus free shipping uh, for every order that's over $100. I mean, you can't beat that. Also, visit www.heybartenderpodcast.com where you can listen to the latest episodes and you can uh, check out some of the Hey Bartender Podcast swag. we got some cool t-shirts, a couple. I think I need to update it a little bit. If anybody has any ideas for some great bartender shirts, let me know. And you know what, people? I'm going to take a chance right now. I don't feel especially really good about uh, saying this, but Hey Bartender Podcast is completely run by me, Anthony, the dude. It's produced by me, it's funded by me, I look for all the guests to be on the show, and I could use a little bit of help every now and then. If any of you want to leave me a tip, uh, get on your Cash App account, look for dollar sign Hey Bartender Pod, and if you want to leave a small tip, eh, that's cool with me, I could use the help. I want to keep bringing these shows out to you guys, and I want to build a bigger audience, and you know, everything uh, comes around, and... Basically, I'll help you out because if you are a bartender or server out there and you want to have some stories that you want to talk about, you have some questions, or you uh, just want to promote yourself a little bit, uh, email me, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com, or you can drop me a message on any of the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. All of those are at Hey Bartender Podcast. I mean, what are you waiting for? Be a guest on my show today. Well, uh, that's it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Hey Bartender Podcast. New episodes every Saturday. Remember to share, like, and subscribe on whatever platform that you listen to. Tell your friends, tell your family, anybody that works in the service industry. I hope you can benefit from this show. But until the next time, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And remember, don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's last go?